0: This episode is sponsored by BetterHelp. BetterHelp is online access to licensed counselors. It's therapy you can do from your couch. So if something in your life is making you feel stuck or unhappy or frustrated and you could use some help, try talking to a therapist and start with BetterHelp. All you have to do is fill out a quick online survey and they'll match you with a counselor within 48 hours. And if you don't like that counselor for any reason, you can switch to a different person free of charge. To try BetterHelp, and also really help out our show, you can head to trybetterhelp.com slash helpmebeme, and you'll get 10% off your first month of therapy. Hi friends, it's Sarah May, and this is an episode I'm calling... Keep it light. Um, It's a shorter episode. It's what I call power-up. It's kind of getting your uh, energy in the right place. Because, uh, you know, 99% of our life experience is the filter we bring to it. Or at the very least, 90%. (laughs) So I want you to think about uh, somebody very different from yourself. Like, for example, a monk who is living in solitude. Um, And imagine the living conditions are very sparse. There's no technology. Maybe the climate at this place is the opposite of what makes you the most comfortable. And the food is very minimal. Very little salt. Simply prepared. This is a completely made up scenario, by the way. (laughs) I don't know what it's like to be a monk. Um, So if you don't like this scenario, maybe... Or maybe you are a monk then just think of a different one. Think of something that is vastly different from your own life. And you might experience this place, whatever it is, as painful or uncomfortable or unhospitable. And that is because of what you have grown accustomed to in your life. If you were able to trade mindsets with another person, who does live there or does enjoy that lifestyle, you would be able to see it as welcoming and peaceful or beautiful or comfortable. And the value of the actual items, like the meaning of the setting itself would change before your very eyes. And we have that same lack of ability to see the value of our own living situation because Of the filter we bring to it. Like we can't change our understanding of our own environment. To see what it could be. Because we get into a groove. Like we get into a setting of seeing things a certain way. We see it as fixed. And the example I'm giving you here is to illustrate the shift that is possible in your exact life. So... You could trade brains with the monk and see your living situation as totally different. And that's not your fault. It's just because, you know, we get into a routine of living the same feelings and and we practice those feelings. And with that, our lens can get a little cracked. It can get a little dirty with fear, exhaustion, news, and most of all, living in a constant reactive state, kind of when you don't have the time or the mental space to choose what you want to do with your, your day, like you don't have the ability to curate your life's ratio, it gets to that point where you're just, you're reacting, you're constantly treading water and you're just keeping up. And when we get into that state of just keeping up, you can literally forget yourself. You forget who you are. You forget what your life is like when you do have the opportunity to choose something or enjoy something. And those pockets of time when you can be silly, you can fuck off a bit, or wander, or be spontaneous, or have time to recreate. Those are really vital to our perspective and our well-being. And yet, they are the first things that go on the chopping block when it comes to crunch time. Like, we cater to... The stuff we have to do, like feeding kids, dealing with the kids' schedule, cleaning, commuting, replying to emails, paying bills. And if you must, you know, you get a few minutes to pee or eat, but, you know, you probably rush that too. So when we get into that mode of modern day survival, um, we lose track of our life. We lose track of what it really is. Is made up of when it's our life. And that is partly because I think a lot of us, you know, are we have multiple roles. So if you're a caregiver for others or you have multiple jobs, maybe you are a working parent, um, that is just the nature of getting through the day. It's like, how can I do several things simultaneously? Yesterday I found myself being examined by my doctor while breastfeeding on a conference call. And that's kind of an average experience, I think, because of COVID. And my example is, you know, a cush one. Because, like, I have the ability to have conference calls. I get to have the luxury of going to a doctor's office. So that's not really hard compared to a lot of other people's conditions. But I'm only bringing it up to illustrate that's for a lot of people you're constantly trying to keep up with all the things you have to do and so what happens when we simply survive is we lose perspective on life on all of life and what it means to us and that is really important information why because it gives us the juice that powers our motor when we can see the whole of life we feel light and happy and grateful, and energized, and we don't fixate or double down on the wrong shit. Like, we don't worry so hard about the thorns that get stuck in our feet. And, you know, it doesn't occupy as much mental energy or deplete as much physical energy. So, like, if you get a ticket, or a bad review, or your kid doesn't do XYZ, it doesn't bring out the worst and most pessimistic base-level self And that base level self isn't allowed to kind of continue living through your day. So when we have that balance of all of life, we can be ourselves truly. We have access to the rest of ourselves. And we have a much more complete and holistic perspective on how big and small things are. So a lot of us have this cracked lens at a time like this. And... Because we're stretched thin, because we don't have access to a lot of the normal resources and self-care we n- we might normally have. Um, this is when we start getting into a state of expecting the worst. And expecting more of the worst. And the worst part of that is then you start to actually call it forth. Like m- with your own expectations. You start to highlight highlight it and fixate, it on, fixate on it and see more of it. And that is when you can't bring the levity and the more empowered decision-making to your life. You start to become worse at navigating this shitstorm because you can only see the shit. You can't see the butterflies. And 2020 has been a year of great tumult, like no doubt. So maybe you've had a really tough year and it feels like you're getting, you're still getting pummeled by a boxer. And in that situation, it becomes your expectation to be punched again. And you have a really good reason to feel that way. But even if you are in that state, I just want to remind you of the monk's bear cabin. This is a learned perspective. Like We cannot predict the future ever. The universe or nature or circumstance has ultimate ter- tornado power. And that's a reference to the New Fargo, which is a wonderful series. If you have not watched it, I recommend it. But it's, that is always true. You cannot predict tornadoes just like you cannot predict butterflies. And you should never forget that. So you expecting the worst is not necessarily a realistic expectation. Even if someone's telling you like the worst is coming, <laughs> you know, everything could change tomorrow. You could change tomorrow and everything, in fact, everything could change the same hour. And that is a completely realistic expectation to have. I just want you to realize that the fact that nature zags, that people surprise you, that your life can surprise you in a good way is true. And that is a great thing. That's awesome. Thank fucking God for that because we never know what is to come. And it's really get easy to get into that severe mindset of, um, you know, oh, everything's so dire and we haven't had the pause To stop expecting that same thing to occur. And that's when we can unknowingly sink into the state of being that way about everything. Like we forget to look at life as not so bad. So it's like we start seeing everything as difficult and hard and not fun and stressful. And I just want to remind you, the majority of our life experience is the filter we bring to it. So this is an invitation to you to set your expectations today with me. I want you to close your eyes and just say aloud, maybe today will be light and fun and unexpectedly wonderful. Whatever, I want you to customize that last part. So maybe for you it's a better thing to say, today I'll I'll have lots of laughter. I don't know, whatever it is. Something positive though. But I really, really, really want you to do this exercise with me. So let's do it right now. Close your eyes. Maybe today we'll be filled with lots of ease, laughter, and something unexpectedly wonderful, whatever it is. Because I think we could all use a filter that is scanning the environment for something wonderful or more or, or at least, at the very least, more ease. And if this exercise gives you a weird sense of internal resistance, I get it. My husband told me when I explained this, a similar kind of exercise to him, that it was kind of like the secret, which can be scary and triggering to a lot of people, myself included. I have since kind of accepted a lot about the secret that is good, but it does feel a little culty, even though there is a basis that is very rational, which is not my point. But my answer to my husband, in relationship to this exercise, is that it's not culty and it's not based on woo-woo things. It's really about unconscious biases and uh, a confirmation bias. It's, It's squarely rational. We all bring to the world an expectation and we scan for that. So science calls it the confirmation bias, like when you buy a car and you suddenly see it everywhere. Um... And that, in that process, you create reality. Reality contains the same information. It's our experience of it that colors it in and gives it meaning. So that's my long-winded way of saying, do this exercise and you will remain the most rational. And the most important time to do it is when you are in that state of stress and dooming and glooming and you're feeling really low or react like you're just stuck in the reactive state because life has kind of forced you there because that's when we are the most myopic like we cannot see the truth anymore and our bodies really reinforce that we our bodies really want to sink into the feeling and perpetuate it because it feels correct to do that it feels logical or easy it feels like a good setting to be on but it's really unhelpful And the longer we stay there, it's harder to get out of that place. So as you go through today and you find yourself dwelling on something, stop and do this confirmation bias exercise. Okay, I have one more tool for you, somewhat related. I'm calling it the rule of sameness. So this is a tool. um, It's a ripoff of a UCB principle, like Upright Citizens Brigade. It's an improv concept. Um, and how you can improvise scenes. So it's, it's, when we get into that survival state, we become the sum of the base level of where we're at, meaning you, you basically make your life into the average of how this thing makes you feel. And with that, the overall average of who you are goes down with it. So I got into this state, um, the way I would describe it is, when you start not getting dressed during the day, it alters your entire understanding of yourself. Ritual matters. The camera of self-definition is always recording, whether we think it is or not. Like whether you understand that consciously or not. So the tool is really to recognize, what am I telling myself about myself by how I am living or by how I am behaving. Another way to say this is don't forget to give a shit about you and what that self means. For example, if I don't change my clothes after waking up in the morning, if this is true, what else is true? That's the improv piece of this. Like the, the rule of sameness is like, if I'm a person that doesn't get dressed, that means what else does that mean? That that self doesn't really care about appearances. That you can, you can extrapolate a bunch of other things that I have unconsciously told myself about myself without even realizing. And you might not even notice its effects. Um, but it can get to you in a way that alters your energy level and your enthusiasm for being yourself. And for taking care of yourself. So it's a really slippery slope. Um, maybe the reverse is a better example because it's less of a bummer. So if I get dressed and I do my nails (laughs) that night before I go to bed, what does that tell me visually about who I am? I am a person who cares about themselves or I'm a person who has their shit together. I am a person who understands why the color poppy is a better red than fire alarm, etc. I am a person who gives a shit. And that is a person worth respecting. Like that is kind of a thread I have extrapolated from that example for myself. But yours might be the opposite. So I want to caveat, this has to be customized to you and it has to be true for you. I don't want you to just like force yourself to do your nails every day. (laughs) Um, And it's always a balance. It's not about being, you know, type A and overdoing it all. And making yourself stay up every night late to do stupid shit that doesn't matter to you. It's its about making sure your self-care and your striving is in balance with, um, you know, with all the other stuff that you have to deal with because you have to deal with it. So our... you can think of this as like a delicate pond we have all these little lily pads covering our pond the, the ecosystem that is who we are and we really have to be um respectful of all of them and not forget our own identity and um you like how many metaphors I can wedge into a single episode we had ponds we had uh monks. What else did we have? So basically give a shit, but with a light touch and give a shit because you are watching and you, it's really, it feels really good and empowering to remember yourself. It's not about doing this at the cost of your sanity. It's about supporting your self identity. So I hope that's helpful and not adding more stress to your plate. If it stresses you out to think about that one, don't do it. That's the last thing I want to do. Um, But before I close, I want to thank my latest sponsors. Patricia, a new monthly sponsor. Thank you so, so much. And Ashton, a new sponsor on Patreon. Thank you so very much. And Garrett, a new donation from you. Thank you times a million love you guys really helps me if anyone out there has the means donations really help this show happen and if you don't have the means totally get it if you could leave a review on itunes or one on soundcloud or a heart on soundcloud or just share it with a friend that would really help me as well and i know a lot of people out there are having a really hard time a really hard year and it feels like it's not going to end but that's not true so I really hope this helps you change your perspective just the tiniest bit. I send you my love. I'm rooting for you. I'm sending you a verbal hug and some energy and enthusiasm for your day. Because you got this. You're you're already doing it. You're winning at your life even though it's hard. And I want you to have a good day today. And it can change. It can always change. So never forget that. If you feel really hopeless or overwhelmed... You have no idea what can change in a single day. Everything can change. So I send you my love. And don't forget to smile.